Walk in into any labor and delivery unit and you're sure to find a laboring patient with maternal oxygen being administered as a way to help intrauterine resuscitation. But is this evidence-based? Now, I know we've covered this in some format in previous podcasts, but in this session, we're going to cover a new data set from the February 2020 Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine annual meeting that once again calls this into question because the use of maternal oxygen outside of true maternal hypoxic events is probably not just not evidence-based, but could potentially be dangerous. So in this session, we're going to cover the false belief that giving maternal oxygen in labor helps with fetal intrauterine resuscitation. Remember the distinction between hypoxemia and hypoxia. Hypoxemia is the state of having low oxygen in the blood itself. In other words, a PO2 less than 60 millimeters of mercury on an ABG or having an O2 set less than 90%. That's hypoxemia. But hypoxia is a condition of having low oxygen delivery to the tissues itself. In other words, some effect of end organ damage. Now, before we get into the data, remember also that fetal hemoglobin is an avid oxygen scavenger because it lies to the left of adult hemoglobin, which is hemoglobin A. It lies to the left of the oxygen dissociation curve. That means that fetal hemoglobin can actually grab oxygen with great affinity, even at lower oxygen partial pressures. Even though we're going to present data from 2020, this idea that maternal administration of oxygen in labor strictly for intrauterine fetal resuscitation is of unproven value is not anything new. Back in 2014, in the American Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology, or the Gray Journal, Hamill et al. out of Brown University published a report that showed that not only is it of unproven benefit, but it could potentially be harmful. According to Hamill et al., maternal oxygen is often given to laboring women to improve fetal metabolic status or in an attempt to alleviate non-reassuring fetal heart rate patterns. However, the only two randomized trials investigating the use of maternal oxygen supplementation in labor do not support that this supplementation is likely to be of benefit to the fetus. And by increasing free radical activity, maternal oxygen supplementation may actually even be harmful. So according to these authors, and based on review of the available data, remember, this is in 2014, they concluded, quote, until it is appropriately studied in randomized clinical trials, maternal oxygen supplementation in labor should be reserved for true maternal hypoxia and should not be considered an indicated interview prevention for non-reassuring fetal status. In February 2020, the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine had its annual meeting. There, Watkins et al. presented their data on the duration of maternal oxygen exposure and umbilical cord oxygen content. The different locations or the settings for this data came from Barnes Jewish Hospital in Missouri, Wash U in St. Louis, UT Austin out of Dell Medical School, and even Indiana University out of Carmel. As stated by these authors, the objective was to evaluate whether maternal oxygen administration, which is a commonly performed intrauterine resuscitation tool, actually helped increase 
O2 in the umbilical cord going to the child, in other words, in the umbilical vein. This was a planned secondary analysis of a randomized non-inferiority trial comparing oxygen to room air in laboring patients. Patients were randomized to 10 liters per minute of O2 or room air at a point in active labor when they developed category 2 electronic fetal heart rate tracings. The primary outcome for this analysis was umbilical vein PO2. The secondary outcome was umbilical artery PO2, and these were compared between patients with short and long durations of oxygen exposure. Of the 114 randomized patients, 99 had paired cord gases and were included in the analysis. Of these 99, 48 underwent oxygen administration and 51 had room air. But here's what was interesting. The umbilical vein PO2 was actually lower in patients who received long durations defined as greater than 176 minutes of oxygen administration compared to those who received shorter durations. Also, there was no difference in umbilical vein PO2 between room air, short-duration oxygen, or long-duration oxygen therapy. In other words, it didn't help the child at all. So these authors concluded that long durations of oxygen exposure are not associated with higher cord PO2. In fact, patients with longer O2 exposures had lower umbilical vein PO2, suggesting impaired placental oxygen transfer, possibly mediated by hyperoxia-induced placental vasoconstriction. So the idea of, well, let's just give her extra oxygen because it can't hurt, is actually not true according to this data and others like it. Maternal oxygen administration for fetal resuscitation isn't just not helpful, but it could in fact be harmful. All right, that wraps up our podcast covering maternal oxygen supplementation in labor solely for fetal resuscitation. Now, again, let's be perfectly clear. Oxygen administration in labor is totally acceptable when the mother is hypoxic or at times when she's exhausted and she's been pushing for a long time. Now, in this case, maternal oxygen administration is a conservative measure to help her push, but it really doesn't do anything for fetal resuscitation. And remember that shorter amounts of oxygen administration, according to this data set, seems to be better than prolonged use. Thanks for being part of our podcast family, and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.